Hello, and welcome to the All Things ADHD podcast from Chad's National Resource Center on ADHD. And I'm Dr. Gene Arnold, a child and adolescent psychiatrist, professor emeritus of psychiatry and behavioral health at Ohio State University. My interest is in alternative and complementary treatments for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. We're here today to talk a little bit about the trend that we've observed. For decades, marijuana was illegal, and consequently, research was not allowed on it. Then uh, states, several states began making it legal for medical purposes, and now many states have made it legal, at least for medical purposes, and some even for recreation. We've noted that many adults and, and even adolescents with ADHD have been using marijuana in one form or another uh, with the claim that they think it helps them. So what we're here about today is to discuss what do we really know about the effect of marijuana in ADHD. Dr. Sibley, uh, would you like to comment on that? Uh, my name is Maggie Sibley. I am a clinical psychologist and an associate professor at University of Washington, and I work at Seattle Children's Hospital. And my specialization is ADHD in adolescence and young adulthood. I think one thing we know for sure is that overwhelmingly uh, people with ADHD, especially in the young adult age range, are consistently saying that they're finding something about marijuana helpful. And I don't think we can discount that. I think they really are finding something about marijuana helpful. And I think one of the things with the research that we need to unpack is if there are some things that they see that are beneficial, what are those things? And at what cost are they experiencing those benefits? Are there also downsides for a person with ADHD about using marijuana that people also need to be aware of? Yeah, I think one, one point you made or you alluded to I'd like to amplify on, and that is that something that's strong enough to help is also strong enough to hurt. And something that's strong enough to hurt might be strong enough to help. So we need to tease out uh, the pros and cons of any treatment. The FDA-approved drugs have side effects and they have benefits. And in, by and large, the benefits outweigh the, the downside, the side effects, or they wouldn't have been approved. We, we don't have the same sort of evaluation of either marijuana as the, the weed itself or uh, things like um, cannabidiol uh, that's derived from, from the plant. If someone were to ask you, Dr. Sibley, at this point, would they recommend uh, trying marijuana to see what it does for them? Right now, we have almost no research on the effect of marijuana as a therapeutic tool for ADHD. Um, we have a lot of research suggesting that there are downsides to marijuana for people with ADHD, including that it has negative effects on some aspects of their thinking and their brain that already are vulnerable because they have ADHD. So things like their memory and their ability to solve problems. And so we can tell people that risk uh, is documented. And Without having any good evidence for a therapeutic benefit at this point in time, I wouldn't feel comfortable recommending that even in states where marijuana is legal recreationally or medically to recommend that to individuals 
because we need to do more research. And although I think it's important for our researchers to have an open mind about the possibility of aspects of marijuana chemicals being helpful for people, we're not ready to say that yet. And the possibility to do harm at this point is higher than the possibility to to help based on the information that we have available. So making an, an analogy to other drugs, we do have good evidence for the side effects, but we don't have good evidence for the benefit. Correct. And maybe the benefits will become clearer when we can do more research. But at this point in time, all we know about the benefits is that people are experiencing something about it that they think is good. And there's been, I think, one randomized control scientific trial that documented some positive effects, but it also documented negative effects. And so that was just one small study with mixed evidence and not enough to, I think, send a compelling signal to the field that this is something we have a green light on. Well, one worry that I have is that the thing that the way people are finding it, where they think it's helping them, that the way it's helping them is that they no longer care about the problems they have. Rather than working to solve the problems, they just uh, kind of lose the motivation and lose uh, care. It uh, seems to assuage anxiety. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in especially for those who have comorbid anxiety, they may find that part of it uh, welcome or pleasant. Uh, Although, as you point out, we're not sure at what cost they're gaining that benefit. Yeah, and and you and I um, have speculated on some of these mechanisms or reasons that marijuana might feel like a positive thing for people with ADHD. And I've also spoken with young adults with ADHD who use it as a way of getting through mundane tasks, which I think is completely not scientifically established yet. The marijuana chemicals have an impact on the rewards processes in the brain, among other things. And it could be the case that some of those marijuana chemicals help things that feel aversive or not so rewarding feel a little bit easier to get through. I work with a lot of high school students with ADHD. They like to to listen to music during their homework. And it's just sort of a way of, you know, getting themselves through something boring by pairing it with something somewhat pleasurable. And so that would be an interesting hypothesis to test too. Um, And I agree with the anxiety comment. A lot of people are talking about marijuana as taking the edge off or um, alleviating mental discomfort that I think sounds a little bit more like anxiety sometimes. I think one one reason people uh, think about using this, at least in some cases, is that uh, they see it as something natural and think that natural is better than uh, artificial drugs. Of course, uh, rattlesnake venom, poison ivy, and tobacco are also natural, and I don't think anybody claims that that's better than a prescription drug. Uh, The other comparison between prescription drugs and uh, marijuana has to do with the good manufacturing process. In the case of prescription drugs, there's regulations covering the good manufacturing procedure, uh, the quality control, the purity of them, so there are not any harmful contaminants. That does not apply to marijuana products. Now, I think there are one or two companies that have voluntarily sought FDA uh, regulation of their manufacturing process. But for the most part, there's not regulation. And the quality can vary from one batch to another, even of the same brand. 
And some of the cannabidiol that's sold has some contamination of THC. And THC is the addicting uh, component, at least as far as we know, it's more addicting than cannabidiol. Uh, so that there's a risk there. But for parents, uh, for younger children, I think the preponderance of um, what we know at this point would come down against uh, giving a young child a marijuana product until we know a lot more about it. Exactly. I think we have to be careful to make sure that we are looking at good information when making decisions. And there's a lot of information out there on the internet right now that claims there's certain benefits or testimonies or stories from people who thought they saw a big difference in their child after using these products. And it doesn't mean those are, there might not be some truth to that. There could be some cases where people are seeing those benefits, but again, everything has a benefit and a cost. And just because something works for one person doesn't mean it works for most people. And so we have to be very careful about having good information when we're giving something to a child, especially because the brain of a child is still developing and is vulnerable to the influence of outside chemicals that could create long-term impact for them. Are there any final comments uh, that you would like to make? Well, I have a question for you, Jean. What do you think are the next steps for the research world in trying to get better answers on some of these questions? Well, first, we, we need a very clear definition of what the product is. Uh, we need uh, the quality control in the manufacture of it so that we can be sure that what we're testing or what we're trying out is what it says it is. But secondly, we need randomized clinical trials. And that should start with adults and then work down to adolescents and only then to younger children. That's the, the standard procedure in trying out a new drug. Uh, for the safety. Uh, we don't want to, to use our children as experimental animals. We'll try it first with adults who are capable of consenting and understanding all the risks involved in the research. And I think one thing to comment on with that is it's hard for people to do research in this area because there are regulations that stem from um, the fact that marijuana and the chemicals associated with it are illegal on a federal level in the United States. So um, this research is slower than the demand for these answers. And so I think that's another thing that people should be aware of when understanding there is a reason for this lack of information. And at this point, unfortunately, that lack of information is causing potential harm for folks. We hope that, that this information helps to clarify the issues for uh, people out there who are trying to figure out what to do for themselves and for their children. In the condition that we're in with this uncertainty about the benefits and knowing that there are some adverse events uh, that can be associated with it, it's probably the best advice to people is to wait, particularly for young children, but also even for adolescents and adults, to wait until we know more about it and to volunteer for the studies when they're done because the research cannot be done without the participants. So as a study partner, uh, uh, please uh, volunteer for the studies when they become available. That's a great point. Gene, thanks for having this conversation with me today. It was a lot okay. of fun to talk to you about it. Likewise. Thank you for listening to another episode of the All Things ADHD podcast from Chad's National Resource Center on ADHD.